Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Even If podcast, the podcast where each week we share stories of faith and the hope of Jesus. I'm your host, Christy Lowe, and I am so glad you're here today. Today's episode is a little unexpected, but I've begun to realize that on this podcast, most of these episodes just catch me by surprise when they present themselves. I spent last week in Guatemala. It was a trip with Living Water International to serve the people in a rural town of Guatemala. It's a little bitty city almost to the Pacific coast called Santo Domingo. And it was about a f- almost a four-hour drive from where we flew into Guatemala City. So very, very, very rural and very underdeveloped where they didn't have access to running water. Or the access that they had was very limited and most of of their their water supply was, was unclean, was unsanitary. A lot of them have a well, but it might only be 30 feet deep. And so you're getting a lot of sewage and chemical waste in the actual water that they're drinking. So as you can imagine, incredibly unhealthy. So Living Water is, is it's called Living Water International. I think their website is water.cc. So if you want to look them up, man, incredible, incredible company. I have no affiliation with them. Like there's no sponsorship here or anything like that. I just, I have a deep affinity for what they're doing. And what they do is they go into countries and they they partner with rural places to provide clean drinking water with the the drilling of a new well. And this was my second trip. I went with Living Water to Honduras in 2019. One of my sweet friends, Amber, the church she attends, there's a group of them that have been going for years and serving with Living Water. And Amber invited me <laughs> like in August of 2019. She calls me one night and says, hey, listen, I'm going on this trip, but I'm going to be the only girl. And it was like, six weeks away. Like it was like, she called me in August and the trip was in September back in 2019. And so we went to Honduras and I fell in love with it. And so the rest is history. This is, so this was my second trip. Amber was there also with me among several other people that I just adore. And we were able to go to Guatemala this time to drill a well. And it's really just an incredible experience. And I can't wait to go back (laughs) sometime, hopefully soon. But Anyways, on each trip, we are assigned to work with a team from Living Water International. And each team consists of typically two drillers, people that are going to coordinate the drilling of the well, and then two liaisons that coordinate everything between the community that we're serving and Living Water. This week, the team that we worked with, oh my gosh, y'all, they were so incredible. They were the sweetest people. I mean, y'all, they are they are world changers, these people. Jonathan and Adriana, who were the community liaisons, and then our two drillers, Nestor and Rudy. I mean, when I tell you they captured my heart, I, I mean, like, that's not a lie. They were the hardest workers. They would be up before us preparing for the day staying up late after dinner to do various things after spending themselves entirely in the community for eight or nine hours that day. I mean, I'm talking like crazy hardworking people. 
So, you know, on trips like this, you're spending a lot of time with these team members and you really get to know them just beyond the superficial things in life. We would share stories of our lives and they would be open about their lives too. And these bonds that you're forming, even though fairly quickly, they they leave an indelible imprint on your heart. Because what you learn is that we might live in different parts of the world, but the power of God is everywhere, and He is not bound by geography, language, or socioeconomics. And that brings me to today's story about an unbelievable life-altering event that had happened to Rudy, who was the head guy for drilling the well about 15 years ago. So with permission from Rudy, I'd like to share with you his story You will hear today from Rudy himself about what happened, and I'll probably have to cut in and out a little bit to explain and translate as needed, but I think you're going to hear the heart of Rudy if you just give him a chance and hear what this precious man has to say. So without further ado, let's dive in. I'm about to drop you into the conversation I had with Rudy, but first I need to give you a little bit of backstory to help you understand. Okay, so remember I told you at the top that Rudy led the drilling team for us last week. Well, by the time we arrived in the community on Monday, so we flew into Guatemala City on Sunday, spent the night in the compound in Antigua, Guatemala. But then when we got to the community on Monday, Rudy and some of the community members had already set up the drill site. They had dug the trench and they were like ready to get started. Okay. So this was the point where I actually met Rudy and our first impression of Rudy was one word, joy. Y'all, whenever you've ever seen somebody smile and it literally their whole face just lights up in their eyes, they smile with their eyes. And when they laugh, it's just a contagious, joy-filled laugh. I, I, I don't exaggerate when I tell you that Rudy might possibly be one of the most joy-filled people I've ever met. And we quickly saw that he loves Jesus he loves people, and oh my gosh, this man is a hard worker. But what we would learn later in the week is that Rudy's life has not always been easy. One of my fellow team members, Bart Roy, came up to me and his eyes were real big. And he said, Rudy just told me a story. And I mean, you've got to hear this story. I think this is a story for your podcast. When Rudy was 13, he moved from his hometown to Guatemala City to continue going to school. So in Guatemala, school attendance is not near as regulated as it is in the United States. And we saw for ourselves firsthand that there would be children that lived across the street from the school, but they wouldn't attend school. Okay, but Rudy had been in school. And at sixth grade, some schools stop and they don't go any further than sixth grade. So you have to go somewhere else if you want to continue your education. The school, the community where we were, they offered school seventh through ninth, and that's where it ended for them. But Rudy had gone to school through sixth grade. And when he was 13, he moved to Guatemala City to continue going to school. But he ended up quitting school and going to work for his uncle at a concrete company. 
After working with his uncle for a time, he went to work at a beer company driving a delivery truck, which this is where I will stop talking and I will let you hear from Rudy yourself. In Antigua, the night before we left, we sat down on the front porch of the Living Water Compound with nothing more than my phone to record the conversation. I mean, I was not planning on recording any conversations <laughs> while I was there. So it's literally just me and my phone and Rudy. You're going to hear birds. You're going to hear blenders from the guys cooking in the kitchen. You're going to hear people coming in and out. There are a couple of times where you might hear Bart ask him a question to clarify something. And I cannot thank Bart enough for being so gracious to help. And so I hope that what it lacks in professional acoustics, it makes up for in richness of faith. So I would like to now introduce you to our precious friend, Rudy. When I have a 13 years old, come back to Guatemala City, the idea that's come to the city for co- continue to study. But I come and work with my, my uncle, but after that, I not continue to study, okay. but I work for the beer company. When I'm young in that moment, it's perfect. I have a lot of energy, yeah. of course. That working, that's very hard. I get up at 3.30 a.m. every day and return my home at 10.30, about or 11 at night, every day. Every day. But no problem. I'm young, lots of energy, that's okay. But the years, another year, another year, another year, that's a problem. After that, I need to drink energy drinks for my, for continuous with my energy. I drink one or two bottles per day. But after that, after that, need more. After that, need more. Years later, I drink 10 bottles a day. Ten bottles of energy drinks? Energy drinks. Oh. Every day. To stay awake? To keep your energy? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because I need a room. Room. All day. Yeah. But the problem, that's at night when I come on my home. I come like this. You're shaking. Lots, lots of energy. Yeah. The, another problem... That's where I sleep. I go to my bed and not sleep because too much energy. My heart, my heart, man, my heart work hard. Like a clock. Yeah, yeah. One problem, the end. The sleep like a frog in the water. (laughs) Not moving. (laughs) Another day morning. 3 a.m. or 3.30 a.m., get up, it's hard. The first energy drink at 3 at 6 a.m. My wife tell me, please, not drink too much. I eliminate first bottle at 6 a.m. But the problem, the problem, it is for driver. It's for driving? Not drink energy drink. Yeah. I sleep during the driver. Did you fall asleep? Okay. I have two accidents. Oh. By the third time, boom. Huge accident. Huge. Okay, what happened? 
I sleep too. I pass on top of the three cars. You hit. You went on top of three cars. Oh my gosh, Rudy. Were they okay? Yes. Were you okay? God protect me. But I call. I speak with my wife. I need a change. I need a change of work because it's too hard for me. Hey guys, I'm back for just a second. We're going to go back to listening to Rudy's story, but I want to pop in for a second. He was very fortunate when he had the third accident that although there were three cars involved, no lives were lost. And he said to me, lives cannot be replaced, materials can. So very fortunate. Rudy goes on to explain to us that because he dropped out of school after sixth grade, he doesn't have the education he needs to do a lot of things that he might otherwise be able to do. So he knows he needs a new job. He knows he needs something else. But the problem is that he doesn't have very many options. Rudy and his wife already had one child with a second child on the way. So naturally, Rudy's feeling a lot of pressure to provide for his family with a limited amount of options. I wasn't able to understand exactly what happened with the accident, whether he was terminated from his job or if he quit. He just knew that something had to change. But before he could change jobs, something happened to him that would change him forever. So we're going to go back and I'll let him finish telling you the rest of the story. Two days later, boom, my bed. Not moving my bed. You can't move in your bed. I have a problem for my, my body. Back. Your back? Vertebrae. Okay. Three. Three times. So One, two, three in my, in my body. So you broke three vertebrae in your back. That's for, that's for work. Too yeah. hard. Yes. And putting my, my back a lot heavy. Oh, I see. It's like it turned my my, uh, my verbal. Okay. So you broke your back. Exactly. From working too hard. I stay in my bed for 15 days. 15 days. Yeah. Okay. No movement. No movement. No movement. You could not move? No movement. You could not move? Yes. And I'm crying and I'm moving <laughs> because... I am 24 years old about, and my family did me. I called my, my mom and dad, but I never called for my mom and my dad. For I have problems. No. I called for, hello, how are you doing? Uh, I go to visit some days, but never for problems. Okay. But I called my mom and says, sorry, mom, I have a little bit problem and explain for my mom what happened with my body. And my mom says, please, you need to go to the doctor. Okay, I go check the doctor. But the doctor says, sorry, you have a big problem. What happened? You break your, your body. And you need a surgery. Not tomorrow. Now you need a surgery. I don't have money. It's too, too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> 80,000, 86, 85,000 okay. for only for surgery. About 12 grand. Yeah. It's a lot of money for me in that yeah. moment. Mm -hmm. And the doctor says, Sorry, please, 
the doctor says, if you not take a surgery, probably you don't walk more. You'll never walk again. Correct. You're done. Okay. Did you go home or did you did not have the it's, surgery? The same. No, no. You can't No, no, it. no. The doctor called my home because I'm not moving in my bed. Oh, he came to your house. Okay. The doctor okay. called my home. Okay. Says, Rudy, you have a big problem in your body. Probably you don't work more. Not going to work again. No more work. No trabajar. No work and walking too. Okay. Start walking. No walking. And I pray for God with my heart and my wife. Because my, my girls need me that moment. They are babies. They need a family. need a father. It wasn't ever clear what exactly happened that caused the vertebra to fracture or to break. He did indicate when he was telling us this story that he would stack things on his back to carry them. And I can imagine because it is such a a mountainous region where he was working that probably very often he was going upstairs frequently. He probably was not able to use a dolly the way a lot of people can went on flat surfaces. And it was just literally backbreaking labor. So he's stuck in his bed for the next two months. He tells us his family collected the $12,000 he needed to have the surgery to correct his back. But it's at this moment, something miraculous happens. After two months in bed, Rudy was able to move and go to the bathroom. And it wasn't easy, but he was able to do it. So he's obviously going, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to even be able to walk. And now here I am and I'm able to get up and go to the bathroom. So he's shocked and he calls the doctor. And two months later, I go to the bathroom first time. Very difficult, of course, but I got a bathroom. And I moved my bathroom. But I pray, but I pray for God. After that, I go to the doctor and add a guanabala city. Uh-huh. Okay. But the doctor make a test for my body. The doctor are surprised. When the doctor make a test, open the eyes. The doctor will see the, the test. And my heart starts because I know I walk. Mm-hmm. He says, Rudy, what are you doing? What, 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 what happened to you? My mind, that's, man, I walking. You were thinking. Yeah, exactly. But when the doctor says to me, it's incredible. I'm not sure, probably I need a test again. The doctor repeat the, the test. And after two, two times, he says to the doctor, you are recovered. You're back. You're healed. Yeah, the doctor says, Rudy, you are recovered. What happened to you? I says, doctor, I'm praying God with my heart. Me and my family pray God with faith. After that, God provide me to work for the cement factory. Okay. And that's very hard work at the cement factory. I work for about seven months, but the, the baggage for the cement starts very heavy. Yeah. I put it three bags in my belly 
for seven months. For seven months. For that, God gave me the opportunity to serve in this organization. God gave me the opportunity for serve God. God gave me the opportunity to work with you. When I serve the persons, I serve the people with my heart. This work, it's not work for me. This is opportunity to share with the communities how pain, how power is in love for God, for us. That's all. Yeah. And for me, it's a really pleasure to serve God and represent living water in that community. It's for my heart. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you so much. Our conversation ended fairly quickly that day because we were about to eat lunch and some of the other employees from Living Water International had just arrived. But what I wanted you to hear at the end was how he told us that after the doctor tested and then retested his back and realized that he had been healed, he was able to go to work for a concrete company hauling bags of concrete on his back for seven months after he had been bedridden and unable to move. You know, I found it interesting that before I left for Guatemala, I had not secured a guest or a story regarding faithfulness. In my prayer time a couple of weeks ago, I remember telling God that I trusted Him to provide a story for that, but I sit here laughing that He had to take me to Guatemala to hear it. You know, life with God is never dull. That that much is for sure. I'd like to leave you with one final thought. I likely wasn't the only one who felt the pang in my heart when Rudy thought his ability to provide for his family was over. I I can't imagine the helplessness he must have felt as he lay there for two months. And yet, they continued to pray in faith. And because of his faith, God gave Rudy the opportunity to not only walk again, but to proclaim God's power and might for the rest of his days. So wherever you find yourself, when the challenges you face seem impossible, remember that God is a God of miracles, my friends. I want to take a minute before I sign off to just thank a few good people. I find myself overwhelmed with gratitude for my incredible husband and children for keeping things nailed down here at the house while I was gone. I'd also like to thank the wonderful Denise Stout for helping me out with all of my real estate stuff while I was out of the country and for all my clients too. I sure do appreciate you for your patience and your kindness and understanding while I ran off to meet the good people of Guatemala and serve them. Many, many thanks to the First Baptist Church of Lubbock for supporting our team and for their partnership with Living Water International. I've got to say thanks to the wonderful teammates with whom I served, Dean Johnson, Amber Waldman, Chris Fishnich, Bart Roy, Bob Neidert, and Johnny Owens. You guys are incredible people, and I'm grateful not only for the opportunity to serve alongside each of you, but to call you my friends. Thanks for being here today, and good Lord willing, I will see you next week.